Hello and welcome to Let's Run Facebook Ads podcast with myself, Nick Boddington. Here I share insider information about Facebook ads. But as you know, it's not just running the ad, it's what happens after. So we'll look into the funnels, e-commerce, email marketing, lead generation, and much, much more. Charlie, welcome back. Hey, yeah. buddy. Good to hey, see you. Yeah, and you. How are you been? Long time no see. I've been good. I've been good. I got this shirt the other week, last week, at a concert. This band from Australia called Amel and the Sniffers. Nice. Really, really good show. I um, ruined a Hawaiian shirt that I had because it was drenched in the sweat and fresh ink of other t-shirts from everybody else in the crowd. Bottom line is by the end of the show, I was like stage diving and like just trying to even get to the bathroom took like, I had to crowd surf like over a hundred people just to get there. It was, it was a good show. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I see, I see on your, your Instagram, you're liking the heavy crowd surfing stuff. I saw one of the other day where they created a, a circle. You're obviously just done that circle, aren't they? What's it called when they open the circle up? Uh, Marsh Pit. Marsh Pit, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, have a good time. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, yeah. welcome back. So we dynamic creative. It's yeah. Something that I've used for a long time. And I think you'll probably agree, a lot of people don't. Yeah. A lot of people don't use it. I, I tell you why I like to use it. And we use it for a lot of clients, but we use I like to use it in small local areas and you might think my theory is wrong but i've had good good results from it so if we've got for instance and this is great because our listeners we you know you have a lot of local businesses listening to this is that you've got a smaller area haven't you because of because your geographical location let's say you're doing a 50 kilometer radius of a particular zip code post sure and then they want to overlay things with interest and stuff which we don't need to do a lot of the time because we are going to a, the whole audience within an area. Yeah. Where I find the dynamic creative works really well is that you're giving Facebook so much more to go with for a certain per- amount of people. So if you're go- if you've got one uh, image and you've got one bit of copy and you're going out to an audience of I don't know three hundred fifty thousand people and you're spending fifty dollars a day based on your CPM and all this sort of stuff, it's not going to take that long before people start getting a bit bored of what they're seeing and your frequency starting to go up. You're seeing your leads or your purchases are going down or whatever it might be. Where we've always found that we've been helped out with Dynamic Creative is that once we press that little button and we can put in 10 images, five different bits of copy, five headlines, things like that, it's like Facebook is has gone thank you for giving me more ammunition to show the same people different things to do with your brand. Yeah. And the other side is someone might not, I, if I see an ad with emojis in it, I might not like emojis. If someone else likes an ad with emojis, they're not being cut out because Facebook, you know, when we talk about how the algorithm works, the bits, the billions of bits of data that's been collecting over the last 10 years, 13 years, it knows who likes emojis, who doesn't. It knows who reacts with these things, who doesn't. He likes different colors. It might, when you know, clients say to us, oh, how do we have to change the imagery? You could just change a bit of the text. You could just change an outline of being red to blue and try yellow. All these different things, because essentially, you're just trying to get someone to stop the feed. Yeah. They're trying to stop the scroll, and it needs something that's going to stand out, that's engaging for that person, 
to stop the scroll to either go straight to clicking through or read your text and either way get through to the destination that you're wanting to get to. Would you agree with that? Are there other what what sort of yeah, I, I I I definitely agree with that. I think for a little bit of, of, of science behind it, because I always like to lay the table with you know history or science, let, let's establish some objective facts. The average person on their phone swipes the height of the Eiffel Tower on a daily basis on Facebook and Instagram. Think about how big your phone is. Like this is smaller than my face. I've been to the top of the Eiffel Tower. It's a lot of my faces. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's very tall. So you have to stop. You have to earn somebody's attention. Yeah. Just to get them to care. Uh, I think of it as this. Um, I think my man Barry, uh, Barry Hot, posted this the other day, and I loved it. Every social media ad is skippable. So you have to earn somebody's attention, even if you're targeting an audience, which has its own complete just misinterpretations. Um, nobody has to stop. So when people go the traditional route, which we started with on, on ads of building out a bunch of these post IDs, where you're basically guessing on what, well, to be fair, when you're building out post IDs, you're guessing what's most likely going to get somebody to make a purchase. Yeah. You're guessing what's ever going to get that last inch of a mile, right? That last meter of, of the, of, uh, you know, the marathon done, right? But again, that's going back to our conversation about the secret holiday. Uh, what was it? What was it again? Secret escapes. Secret escapes. Yeah. Has nothing to do with that click. That's not the reason that you bought. So the point is when you are guessing you are trying to guess what's going to get somebody to make the impulse buy right now, the gum at the cash register. But that's not what Facebook does. That's not how Facebook works. And they've told us that for many, 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 many years. Like, that's not what we are, right? We are not display. That's not our objective. Now, that being said, the other side of this is when you use dynamic creatives, there's a very big different thing when you're making, when you put all these combinations together. Now, in a local market, having that wider variety makes sense. And you're going to a much bigger market. I limit it tremendously down to something I call the three, two, two, where it's like maybe three creatives, two headlines, two sets of copy. And I'm trying out different yeah. families of those variations. But here's the point. Let's say your dynamic creative for the purpose of this conversation has 12 different possible combinations. Okay. Now you can build out 12 ads or what you're doing locally, it might be 200 ads. It's not terribly unrealistic for you to get to that number. You're doing 10 times five times five. Like it, it gets pretty astronomical, pretty quick. When you build those all out as separate post IDs, each post ID is a web page. Facebook is looking at the bounce rate, the click rate, the stickiness the receptiveness of that web page. You know, if the Facebook feed is basically just a Google search results that's uh, like, instead of giving you exactly what you're looking for, they're trying to guess what you want to see. So it's a proactive version of Google for entertainment. Um, so every one of those posts is actually its own web page. Each web page 
is collating its own set of data. So if you were to go out and make all 200 of those ads, first off, human error is going to kick in and you're going to screw something up and it's going to take three days to do. It's going to be a nightmare. Like that is a system and process nightmare. Yeah. The other thing is each one of those is a little folder. Think of it as a little folder on your computer where, oh, this person came in. Cool. We'll put them over there. 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 In order for you to get any one of those pieces to statistical significance, to even understand if it was a good idea, much less five or 10 of them, you might have to reach an audience 10 times bigger than the actual pool of people you're even trying to reach to begin with. Or if you're going in a very big market and you're doing a very simple thing, going to back to that 12, Facebook will prioritize whatever gives somebody the best user experience, but user experience doesn't always correlate to business results, right? We clickbait, things along those lines. So if you get one or two of those posts dominating 80% of the spend, because that's what users wanted to see in the very initial delivery, that first like 500,000 impressions, you have no idea whether or not that ad set, that campaign, that concept is good or not. You just know this one thing that got all of the spend was good or bad for me. And there's no ability for you have any insight into everything else. Now, I'm a big fan of saying spend is a meritocracy. Spend will go where the end user experience is most desirable for Facebook because that's their business model. We are providing content for Facebook to achieve their business objectives of retention and user experience. When you use dynamic creative, however, and you notice this and you hit a preview on dynamic creative, the URL is not just facebook.com backslash and ugly string of numbers, it's your page, and then backslash posts, and then a backslash and ugly string of numbers, it's the post ID. It, it says DCO, it's got like a holder. It's a folder where it's holding, remember what we said when that's 200 ads and there's all these folders on your computer? If all of those folders existed inside of one other folder, like, you know, nesting information, when you're using dynamic creative, the impression of any one ad to any one user informs all of the other impressions of all of the other ads to all of the other users. So instead of having 200 completely different salespeople just going off into the wilderness, having no idea what anybody else is doing. You have a very collated data source where every impression, good and bad, informs every other future impression. So every penny you spend today makes tomorrow's penny smarter. Within, are you saying that within the ads? Within, within the, the ad, ads, yeah. Which has got the different bits of creative in it. Exactly. So that dynamic creative ad is collating all of the data from every ad unit that is of the available iterations within it. So that's really important because now it means that we are, instead of divesting our data set between a bunch of options, we are compounding our data set. So we're using compounding interest instead of itemizing out each individual line, um, which means we're tremendously more powerful. And to your point, we're letting Facebook decide, well, this is what one person wants to see in somebody else. And we see this big trend right now where everybody's saying, well, it's UGC, UGC, UGC. But what if I don't want to watch a video? What if I'm in a meeting and I don't want my sound on because, like, I don't want to get caught by my boss? Or what if, you know, whatever it happens to be, 
Maybe I'm watching TV or my wife is watching TV and I'm on the couch and I'm just sitting there hanging out and I don't really want to put sound on because she's going to get upset with me because she's missing her free form show. And I, you know, I'm just sitting there trying to kill some time. So if you show me a video, I'm not listening. So if you only have that one type of content, you've missed me entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So you can either guess what people want to see. You can take the time and effort to build out every single possible combination, or you can use dynamic creative and let the platform decide what users want to see out of the available options you've given it, and then index what users want to see against business results, and then make choices on optimization or isolation from there. But you're using compounding interest of machine learning data instead of 200 guesses of just you know throwing darts into the, you know, throwing stones in every direction blindfolded and hoping you hit somebody. Yeah. Like absolutely. So, but when you go onto the reporting side in in as managed now for the dynamic creative, it's not reporting everything, is it? How it used to be you see the links, the click-throughs, purchase. Sure. I find that sometimes it will show you some of the purchases that you got from a particular creative or copy and sometimes it won't. Yeah. That do you think would say that's just bugs in the system? It's just well, there's there's bugs in there. There's also levels of confidence in there, but ultimately it doesn't matter. Because let me tell you this: say we've got a very simple ecosystem of three creatives, two copies, two headlines. You look at it, and one creative got eighty percent. Let's say this ad set, this dynamic creative, is something that you like. The net output of this thing was good for you. Awesome. One creative got eighty percent of spend. Do you really need to see what the performance is? Or can we say 80% of this really awesome thing was because of this piece? Correlation by, by percentage of investment, right? Contribution to the margin. We're talking like investment bankers. We're not giving a damn about like credit or ego or anything. It doesn't matter. Then we go into the creatives or the copy and we see, oh, well, there's 50-50. Spend. All right. So what that's telling me is there's no user experience differentiation here. And then we get to the headline and one headline got way more than the other. Got it. So 80% of spend with this one creative, 80% of spend with this one headline. And the primary text is about 50-50. So when we go and preview our ad and we see the ads laid out by estimated action rate, which is what it is. When we see that top ad unit, is that creative with that headline and one of those two primary texts, we can understand that we have an extremely high confidence that that ad is responsible for a large percentage of the stable outcome that we like because it represents a very large percentage of the spend and data share. On the other hand, I've seen sometimes where you see the results, and this is the problem. You see the results and you're like, well, this thing only got like 20% of the spend, but the results are so much better. And it's like, well, yeah, breakdown effect. Like, yes, Instagram's getting you better results than Facebook when it's only spending 20% of the budget because you, if you spent all of it there, it would do poorly. Or when you're running a lookalike and an interest group and a broad, you're like, well, interest groups and lookalikes do way better than broad. It's like, well, yeah, but not scalable. Yeah. They only work at a small budget. That's why it's only spending a small portion of the budget in CBO. So the point there is I don't care about credit 
in that case. Just like I'm looking for incremental lift when I'm measuring platform results, all I care about is spend. What got the most amount of spend? And then based on that, if I can say, well, I've got a pretty high confidence that 20, 30, 40% of every dollar that was spent was probably on this iteration. Yeah. And I'm very happy with the outcome. What that means is one of two things. Either that iteration was fantastic and is very responsible for it, or that iteration stole, got all of the money and was actually really bad, but there are other nuggets in there that are little gems that are going through. Now, that's a process we have to go through. And about 15% of the time, that might be the case, the, the latter example there. But I don't care about seeing the breakdown of the results because all that matters is this is what Facebook wants to show people. This is what Facebook users want to see from me. Okay. If I give them what they want and that delivers me a good business result, that means we're simpatico. Our objectives are aligned. Yeah. If, however, what gives me a great result is not what Facebook users want to see, and I try to force it on them, I'm going to have unstable results that die quickly in a rising CPM. And those three things are what most people are seeing because they give it more, they care more about their business's bottom line than about aligning themselves to the platform. That's why my CPMs are going down every year. And my results are scaling in a stable, projectable fashion, where a lot of folks that are focused on audiences or ads or hacking the platform are seeing more and more struggle. And they will continue to see more and more struggle. I think people, since I came into this game, and you've been in it a lot longer, it was all about hacking the system. Mm -hmm. No one works with the system. Essentially, if you you do the things right by Facebook, it wants to keep its users happy. Yeah. And like most of our clients, some of our clients on their ads get a ama- like a holiday company, amazing comments and shares. And I'm talking amazing, like for the amount they spend on a day to the compared to the amount of comments they get. So we had a call with them yesterday. Are you doing who comments? Who replies? Oh, we don't have anyone doing that. Do you realize how much business is lost? And do you also realize that the platform wants to see you as someone who's with Facebook? Like at the moment, you are just using Facebook to show ad after ad after ad after ad. If Facebook sees you as someone who's helping the user experience by your commenting and answering the questions that people are asking, Facebook knows that that person has asked a question about your holiday. No one's getting back to that person. That's just a that's just a big cross in Facebook's eyes to you as an advertiser. All these things, like I don't know how to measure measure those metrics of, you know, what you know if you start commenting will your cpms come down with your click through i don't i don't know and i don't think there's ever going to be a way of doing that but look at the overall picture of if you're great and you're putting stuff in front of the consumer that facebook wants you to it's going to favor you as an advertiser and help you yeah and at the end of the day i think we can wrap this up pretty simply in that facebook is a content delivery machine facebook is a user experience, entertainment and connection device that trades in the currency of content. When you give Facebook the option of assembling the content the users want to see, you're allowing it to pick and choose of the available options how best to meet their business objectives. In every partnership, 
whether it's business or personal, when your partner tells you what they need from you, if your response is to give them the finger and demand money, when that partnership fails, because it will, it's not your partner's fault. Yeah. So don't blame Facebook when you're not using dynamic creative, when you're refusing to use broad audiences, and when you're trying to hack it, and the end result is bad performance for you. Because basically you're saying, I wanna go into business with you, and oh, by the way, middle finger to you every single day, give me money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a positive engagement. That's not a relationship set up for success. In no way is that a reasonable expectation for a long lasting positive result that you can ultimately build your dream and your goals on of accomplishing whatever your business is. That thing that keeps you up 20 hours a day, as soon as you wake up out of bed, you check your phone to do it. If you're relying on Facebook to be a partner with you and you disrespect it as a core practice of your business, when your business fails, it's not Facebook's fault. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Charlie, for that. Um, no, great. I, I love Dynamic Creative. I wish more people would use it. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining us again today. If you want to find out more, please head over to our socials at Let's Run Social, where we share daily content. And please feel free to drop us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And any questions that you would like answered, we can do that here on the podcast. <laughs>